1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Tonight we're going to talk about who we are in Christ. We've been on this for a while, where we are in Christ, and how that this is a knowledge that is not generally known in the body of Christ. We've been talking about how Jesus defeated Satan on our behalf, and Jesus put Satan under our feet. We've been giving you several verses over the last few Wednesdays, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, and God placed, what tense is that? And God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Uh, say it out loud, that's me. that's me. For the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, for he has rescued us. What tense is that? For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into, what tense is that? What tense is that? Past tense, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. I love the King James there, translated us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and Colossians 2, 9 and 10, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given, what tense is that? You have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. And then we left off last time with 2 Corinthians two fourteen to 16, but thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, verse, just verse 14, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. So that is the great victory of the new creation in Christ, but it never becomes real until we begin to confess it and to declare to the world what we are in Christ. You know, uh, I've been spending February getting ready for the Holy Week Revival 2022 and the Week of Increase 2022. And something that keeps coming up, doesn't matter which week we're talking about is, that to make any of the word ours, we have to hear it, we have to believe it, we have to confess it, and we have to take action upon it. Now, I live in a world where people from the past, people from the present have never gotten a hold of this. And I stand by as a spectator and watch what happens. Now, it's unnecessary, but you can do it for people. And uh, I can't do it for you. You have to hear it. You have to believe it. You have to confess it. And you've got to act like it's so. And that's true of nearly any promise in the Word of God. Hebrews 9.12 tells us that this is an eternal redemption, not just a redemption for the hour in which it was done, but that Satan is as much defeated now as he was when Christ rose from the dead that he is as much subject to the name of Jesus now 
as he was subject to Jesus when Jesus walked this earth. Hebrews 9.12, he did not enter by means of blood, the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. It's what, it's what we would call cosmic. In other words, it's universal. It was a once in an all of eternity event, and it covered all of humanity. Now, this is where people get off course and they get into universalism. A lot of times as ministers get older, they have trouble dealing with the concept of hell. And uh, so they twist this. The fact of the matter is that Jesus died for everyone. That's true. But remember what I just said. Whatever promise we're talking about, you have to hear it, you have to believe it, you have to confess it, and you have to act like it's so. And that's true with regard to what Jesus did for us on Calvary's cross because people have to hear it. You know, Isaiah even dealt with this. How can they hear without a preacher? They have to hear it. They have to believe it. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you have to believe in your heart. You've got to confess with your mouth. In writing to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 8, Paul writes, and here we're going to give you a different translation, Moffat's translation. We do discuss wisdom with those who are mature. Only it is not the wisdom of this world or of the dethroned powers who rule this world. It is the mysterious wisdom of God that we discuss, that hidden wisdom which God decreed from all eternity for our glory. None of the powers of this world understands it. If they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. So there is a kind of a wisdom. And here in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul is saying that not everybody understands this. This wisdom for the mature is something that we need to know about. The greater part of the body of Christ actually remain in their infancy. They're, they're babes. They're babes in Christ. They just don't know who they are. They don't know their rights. And when you find this out in the writings of the Apostle Paul and you, you hear it, you believe it, you uh, begin to confess it, you begin to take action upon it, well, you're frowned upon. You're frowned upon. You know, uh, my next to youngest grandbaby started doing the cutest thing. Uh, the, they had her at church, and one of Derek's friends came by from childhood to greet, you know, the family, and Riley says, no, hi, and she just turns, <laughs> and you don't exist, and it's the cutest thing. Uh, they said when they were pulling up to the house last Sunday, uh, Riley's in the back seat, get ready, say hi, say hi, say hi, <laughs> but sometimes they'll be out somewhere, and she'll just say, no, hi. And really, that's the way we need to be with certain folks. In other words, no hi. Uh, <laughs> in other words, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hear you. I'm not gonna listen to you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay one iota of attention to what you have to say. Because people do. Why? Why shouldn't we? Because they do that to me. You know, I've spent the last two days, I'm, I'm, absu I'm absolutely inundated with 
uh, Sue Lingerfeld, because I've spent the last two days. In 2009, she did a message called Crazy Faith. And uh, so I've been mulling that over, and I thought, well, that would work to work, that would work in this series we're doing on Sunday mornings. And uh, so, you know, Austin and I tried to get her to redo it. Uh, you know, she had Girl Talk Company this past weekend. So anyway, I've spent the last two days transcribing this message. And uh, so I'm just full of it. And it's a rehearsal of the process that we used to do all of this. It's fabulous stuff. Amen. And, uh, but it's, it's this wisdom for the mature. It's, it's, just, it's just sad that not everybody knows what belongs to them. You know, when my dad died, uh, you know, there was the estate to deal with, and that's kind of a long story. But anyway, the attorney we ended up with, he helped us, and, you know, we took care of everything. Well, my mom was not exactly what you'd call a diligent person. And so years later, uh, she found stock certificates. Uh, my dad had an area of a bookshelf where he would just put stuff. And it was stuff he was going to deal with later. Well, she never went through it. Seems to me kind of obvious. In other words, the mail that somebody had just stuck somewhere for later, maybe that'd be something to go through. Well, she just never went through it. And so uh, she finally got around to it. And there was an envelope, and there were stock certificates in there. You know, most of us, when we buy stock, you know, we buy it inside of a brokerage account. But, you know, there were stock certificates there. And so, uh, you know, she's all excited, you know, because she, she my mom could spend money like there was no tomorrow. And uh, she spent $150,000 remodeling her house and sold it for $175,000. <laughs> I'm telling you, the woman, the woman had no regard for money. And, uh, but anyway, so she's all excited. Man, I, you'll never believe what I found. Well, so, that, well, you know, she takes those downtown to this attorney and he gets into it. Well, the state of Ohio had already claimed it all. Because, in other words, it was dormant. It was unclaimed. Well, so you're shaking your head appalled, but huge swaths of the body of Christ have unclaimed blessing. And it just went nowhere. You understand? Because it doesn't matter if it goes to the federal government or the state of Ohio. That's nowhere. In other words, you, you don't, that, that's gone. You, don't, you cannot point to anything and say, well, it went for that. It's just gone. It's just, a, it's just a, you know, the abyss. And, uh, but how many Christians have unclaimed rights that no one ever told them about or they were prejudiced against? They, they didn't think that it, they thought it was too good to be true. That can't be right. All, all the prejudices. And I trained myself early on to not go to the word of God with prejudices. I, I, I trained myself early on. The Lord's reminding me that one of the reasons, or actually the reason we send money out every Friday to ministries that emphasize soul winning and ministries that emphasize the poor. We got here early. I think it was a Wednesday night. We got here early. 
one Wednesday night. I'm sitting back there. There's a desk back there. It's, it's one of the few nostalgia pieces of furniture we moved from I-30. It's my desk from I-30. It's sitting back there. I'm sitting back there, and I'm reading. I'm reading Isaiah 58. Why in the world was I re- reading Isaiah 58? I have no idea. It's the fasting chapter. I'm reading Isaiah 58, and uh, Austin and Sue came in, and I said, I was taught wrong. And I'm not going to tell you who taught me wrong, but I said I was taught wrong. And instantly, I changed because I intend to be right. You see that? In other words, one of my great fathers taught us wrong. And I'm reading Isaiah 58, and I don't care if it was one of my great fathers or not. Isaiah 58 has greater authority than what I was taught. And I just changed. just just on. And, and let me tell you what. I'd have to go back and try and figure out when that was, but I think some of this monster prosperity this church has been walking in in recent years was subsequent to that change because the Bible says specifically that he who gives to the poor shall lack no good thing. And so I just changed. See, in other words, and I'm not bragging on me, I'm just saying don't go to the Word of God with prejudices. And, and, And even if you were taught by some great, great, great person the Word of God has more authority than whatever you were taught. Amen? And so how many, how many people in the body of Christ, they're doing without because nobody ever taught them about their rights? Amen? The greater part of the body of Christ, they don't know about their rights. Many denominational leaders have never passed beyond that. They're still dominated by the senses. They're still living in the sense realm. Sense knowledge has taken the church captive. And bound church leaders and denominational leaders are held captive by their senses. You can't even name, you can't even name a leader of a denominational at the national or state level that can heal the sick. You can't name one. Even in the full gospel denominations, you can't name one. I, I don't think you could name a denominational leader at the national or state level even in the Pentecostal denominations, they can cast out a devil. If you can't cast out a devil, (laughs) you shouldn't be the head of anything in the body of Christ. It's politics. It's all politics. This was made obvious in the way so many church leaders became nothing but salesmen for big pharma for what turned out to be something no more deadly than seasonal flu. Why did they become salesmen for big pharma? Well, because they were ruled by their souls, their mind, their will, their emotions, instead of by their spirit man, the candle of the Lord, the inner man of the heart. And now we know, because of that article that came out two or three weeks back, that some of them were paid to be spokesmen for big pharma. You cannot pay... Now, listen to what I'm about to say. You cannot pay a man of God to lie. It can't happen. It can't happen. You might pay him to preach. You might pay him to do a a wedding. You might pay him to do a few, but you can't pay a man of God to lie. It won't happen. And it's just fear. It's either fear or money. Paul wrote in Ephesians 1.17, This is New King James. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, 
making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm about to say some things, and I, I don't mean to be critical of anybody, but just to give understanding. So in the Gospels, you had these 12 men that were chosen, and you understand they were chosen as Jesus was going about his daily life. One of them betrayed him. Later in the book of Acts, he was replaced. So there were 11. They had different giftings, talents, and abilities. Peter was a rugged guy. He was a fisherman. Back in seminary, when we translated, you know, they would have us translate out of different books of the New Testament from the Greek into English. And I can never remember if it was 1 Peter or 2 Peter, but one of them is disputed. And the reason is because one of them is eloquent in the Greek and one is as rugged as 50 miles of unpaved road in the Greek. Well, it's obvious to me that he dictated one and the other one he wrote himself. Doesn't that make sense? If you dictate one, somebody's going to clean it up as they, as they write it down. If you write it yourself, well, there's no cleanup. Now, I'm not trying to be hard on Peter, and I'm not trying to knock Peter, and I'm not trying to knock the church in Rome, but the fact of the matter is he did not have the training and he did not have the mental horsepower to write what Paul wrote. In fact, in one of... It's either First or Second Peter. Peter says that some of the writings of our brother, the Apostle Paul, are hard to understand. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of the 12 original apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, Paul's hard to understand. Now, doesn't it seem to you that if a guy was called in person by the Lord Jesus Christ, walked in person with the Lord Jesus Christ, saw all those miracles in person by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that some of the writings of our brother in the Lord, the Apostle Paul, are hard to understand. Maybe we are going to have to spend more than five minutes reading them. Maybe we're going to have to actually meditate on some of it as we go. May, okay, so, so Paul, Paul, who is Paul? Well, he had been married, we know this, because at the stoning of Stephen, he cast his vote. The only way he could have cast a vote is if he was a member of the Sanhedrin. To be a member of the Sanhedrin, you had to be married. So he had been married, but then he wasn't, so he must have been a, a widower. And then in the book of Acts, he goes through all of his training. I mean, he was a highly trained uh, Jewish Pharisee, and he was a member of the Sanhedrin. In other words, in that religious society he was as high as you could rise without being the high priest themselves and, and he, he wasn't like in a revival meeting and came to Jesus he was arrested by the Holy Spirit on the road to Emmaus and struck blind and the Lord Jesus said Paul Paul Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Now, the Lord doesn't often do this. It's only, it's, it's only occasional in 66 books of the Bible that the Lord will interfere with a man's free will. You see it in Pharaoh, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Occasionally, occasionally. For example, John the Baptist. This is why after John the Baptist went to prison, then he sent word to Jesus, are you the one or should we expect another? How did he have such certainty at the baptism of the Lord Jesus? Behold, the Lamb of God. Then when he's in prison, he's uncertain. Well, because the hand of God's direction in his life had lifted because he had served God's purposes. He was in prison. He was about to be beheaded. He was done. And so the hand of the Lord that was giving direction to him lifted. And now he questioned, are you the one or are we to expect another? And then you see it with the Apostle Paul. The Lord just interrupted his life, struck him blind, told him what to do, where to go, how to, how to be healed of the blindness. God arrested him. And we can misunderstand this and we can think that we can pray for people and God's going to arrest them. And God, Look, this is incredibly rare in the, in the Bible. In 66 books, I can only think, think of the three examples. If I thought about it for a few days, I could probably think of one or two more. It's very rare. It hardly ever happens. It happens when God has got to get a job done and he can't count on the free will of people. It's a very rare thing. So why did God pick this guy? Because he, had, because he had the training. He had the mental horsepower to study. He went into the desert. He studied for years. You know, today he'd be on TikTok in 32 minutes telling everything he knew, you know, with a, a, a gastric disturbance out of his mouth, you know, like how brilliant Putin is for taking Ukraine, you know? I mean, it'd just be, a, it'd be like a, gastric disturbance, you know, 32 seconds, he'd be on TikTok or whatever. No, no, no. He went into the desert. He studied for three years. He went, he was trained. And then he had, then he went to Jerusalem and presented himself to the apostles and, and, and they, they, they accepted him and they endorsed him. Then he started preaching. But he had the training he understood the Old Testament cold. He had it. He knew. He had been trained. So he applied his heart to wisdom on exactly what did God do. And because he had all this training out of the Old Testament, you know, as, as he was taught by these New Testament believers, as he was taught by these men of God, then in his training, he could pull out these references from the Old Testament. He knew exactly, he saw exactly how God had foretold it, exactly how God had planned it, exactly. And he wrote it down, the Pauline Revelation. You understand, when you read the four Gospels, and I'm all for the four Gospels, but you understand every bit of everything that happened in those four Gospels happened in the Old Testament. It's all Old Testament. You don't really hit New Testament until you hit the day of Pentecost. And what happened? <laughs> you know, Peter walked down the street and, and they laid their sick out on the street and the sick were healed as his shadow passed by. It was a different ball game. And it wasn't limited to one man. 
See, in the four Gospels, now the 72 went out, the 12 went out. But I mean, the four Gospels revolve around the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, people you never heard of. You never heard of Philip. You never heard of Stephen. You never heard of these people until you get to the book of Acts. And man, I mean, they're, they're performing miracles. Man, they're raising the dead. Yes. So Paul writes, therefore, I also, I'm in Ephesians 1, 17, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so you can see what he did for you so it's only by seeing what he did for you that you can know who you are and very little is known today of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so let's talk about that knowledge the knowledge we gain from the Pauline revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus let's go to Colossians 1 verse 9 Colossians 1 9 for this reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you and and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding so we see these words being repeated he's praying for us he's praying for for the saints in his day he's praying for us that God will fill us with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide how open to be because some of this is pretty rugged. Years and years and years ago, you know, I was, I was thinking about my home pastor. You have to understand, we love these people we come across even though they, they may not understand to this day, they may not understand what we're teaching on in this series, Faith and Prayer, or the last series, The Finished Work of Christ. But the Holy Spirit shocked the heck out of me. He told me specifically, he said, I don't know why you're thinking about him. You passed him years ago. Look, part of the judgment seat of Christ is going to be based on what we have done for Jesus and based on how much money we put into the gospel. But there is another aspect to the judgment seat of Christ that is overlooked, and it is this. We are going to be rewarded on how much we believed. And it's frightening because you, you know, the one guy in California that stood tall against Newsom's uh, COVID hysteria, Nazi fascism is a Holy Spirit denier. But you know, we have, People, we thought they were word of faith. We thought they were full of faith, and they're still not open. They're still not open, still not open. But you have a Holy Spirit denier, and he never shut down. And, you know, the governor tried, tried to shut him down. He just marched him right down to the courthouse and beat him. A Holy Spirit denier. And you understand if you're a Holy Spirit denier, you're denying all kinds of stuff. You're denying healing. You're denying the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You're denying casting out devils. You're denying a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm just not going to let a Holy Spirit denier get ahead of me in any race. But how much did you believe? You know, we... 
we came across a situation here recently, and I told, I told Sue and I told Austin, I said, you know, Kenneth Hagin was in the Assemblies of God denomination. He was amongst them. He, he moved amongst them. He taught in their churches. He, he spent, I don't know how much of his life preaching in those churches in East Texas, and they just basically gave him the left foot of fellowship because they didn't want to hear it. Seventy years ago. They didn't want to hear it. Some of these great men that Sue and I knew and befriended us, they, they were like on the outskirts of that denomination. People like J. Don George, Bob Nichols, Harold Nichols. Uh, they weren't in it. They were on the outskirts of it. But a lot of it was just a craving for fellowship. We all crave fellowship. That's why this whole social distancing thing and the lockdown thing was cruel. We all, we all crave fellowship but the problem is that you cannot sacrifice what you believe for fellowship Amen. you just can't do it like Riley no hi <laughs> you see what I'm saying and it's sad because in the course of our lives we see people go through things that are unnecessary we see people suffer and it's unnecessary we see people do without and it's unnecessary and we see people die and it's unnecessary. But what can we do? Now, I've been preaching since 1973. Everything we've done since 1984 is on audio tape. A lot of it is be, has been and is being converted to MP3. And we have been taping every service for television since, I think, 1993. It's all on tape. It's all out there. It's all available. Somebody can find it if they want to. You can't imagine how many ministers communicate with us, uh, you know, how they want to know how to do this and, you know, how to walk in this abundance and how to walk in this prosperity. And I know they don't listen to me because on occasion they would say, I was watching Wednesday night and I heard this or I was watching Sunday and I saw that. I don't hear that. I don't hear it. See, people, you know, they're Netflixing or whatever they're doing, but they're not, they're not applying their heart to wisdom. They're not applying their heart to wisdom. He says, he says he's praying. He's asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Just look what's happened to our society on the basis of government bureaucrats masquerading as health experts. You know, from not from the very beginning, but nearly from the beginning, Sue and I started hunting and finding and searching out actual physicians who were dealing with uh, coronavirus. You know, Peter McCullough and Robert Malone and Michael Yeadon and uh, uh, Vladimir Zelenko. You can watch one of his videos. There's more theology in this Orthodox Jewish MD's talks than there is in most pulpits in America. From the very beginning, he identified it as a war against God. It's amazing. But in other words, we sought out wisdom. 
we sought out understanding. You just can't believe what you're told. It's amazing to me, but if you talk to a guy like Cameron Marshall as a vice principal in a public school, he'll tell you that the curriculum is designed to not develop critical thinking skills. An MD friend of our lives, a friend of ours lives in Colorado, and she explained this to us that, uh, you know, because of her age, she was trained in the old school ways, but she, she gave us the time frame. I don't, I don't have that in my memory banks, but she gave us the time frame of the years when the medical schools changed their curriculum and they, they changed it to discourage the development of critical thinking skills. So MDs now, the younger MDs, they're taught, they're trained that if it's not a CDC protocol, a National Institutes of Health protocol, you don't do it. Now, in the old school, they were taught and trained, you treat the person in front of you. But not now. If they can't find it, you know, and so one of our RNs uh, calls the doctor at the hospital she used to work at, Dr. Google. In other words, the training is so poor, you know, they just go on to Google and type in the symptoms. Well, it must be, you know, this. Dr. Google. My point is, you cannot walk in the power of God and you cannot see your body healed and you cannot see financial miracles taking somebody's word for something. You got to put on your critical thinking cap. You got to get into what Paul wrote. You got to meditate on the word of God. You got to ask yourself, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? And you got to hear it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have to believe it. You got to confess it. Then you got to go out and act like it's so. Verse 10, and we pray this in order. Why? Why is he praying this? In order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of God. But a lot of believers I know, they can't tell you the last time God answered a prayer for them. A lot of believers I know, they cannot tell you one thing they've learned from the word of God that so far this year but we're supposed to be growing in the knowledge of God. We're supposed to be growing in the... Tell your neighbor, we're supposed to be growing in the knowledge of God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, we're supposed to be growing in the knowledge of God. I know more than I did last year. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I know more than I did two years ago. I'm not ashamed to admit it. If, if I didn't know more than I knew two years ago, you ought to run me out of here because I, I wouldn't be doing my job studying, right? Being strengthened, verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Say it out loud. Father God qualified me. Who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Verse 9, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is an exact knowledge, a perfect knowledge. It is a knowledge in all spiritual wisdom and revelation. Spiritual wisdom is not a pro product of the senses, for sense knowledge cannot fathom it. There just has not been enough effort put into training the re recreated human spirit. And the only way I know to train the human spirit retrain 
train the human spirit because when you're born again, your human spirit, it's your human spirit. We dealt with this last Wednesday. When Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, part of them died. What part died? The spirit man died. And when you're born again, it's the spirit man inside of you that's made alive. Not your mind, not your will, not your emotions, not your body. It's your spirit man. But a lot of people have never lifted a finger to train or retrain their spirit man. This is why people make stupid decisions. Now, that was a little brutal, so let me say it again. This is why people make stupid decisions. I mean, I hear about decisions, and I think, what? Because they, they never lifted a finger to train or retrain their recreated human spirit. How do we do that? We do that by hearing the word, meditating on the word, speaking the word, and then taking action on the word of God. It's no different than lifting weights in the gym. Every human being in this room right now has the exact same number of muscles. If there's a guy among us that's really strong, he doesn't have more muscles than, than the weak, weakling. He just did something with them. We dealt with this in the 2000, I think it was the 2018 Holy Week Revival, Mountain Moving Faith, I think it was called. And we dealt with this, that unto every man has been given, a, unto every born again man or woman has been given a measure of faith. You, in other words, when you got saved, when you got born again, God gave you a starter kit of faith. So how come five years later, some people have great faith and some people don't have any faith? How come 10 years later, some people have grown in faith and some people have not grown in faith? How come 15 years later, some people walk in power with God and some people, they, they, it's like they got saved last Sunday. It's not that they have more faith muscles. It's just that they did something with the faith they got. Let me say something else brutal. And, and this shows up in your wallet. John Osteen used to teach the reason money is so important is because we handle it every day. But see, if I, if I make no effort to train my human spirit by hearing the word, meditating on the word, confessing the word, and then taking action on the word of God in any area of life, including money, well, then I'm not going to grow in that area. T.L. Osborne told me one day, we were sitting in his living room in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he told me, he said, he said, Austin will do so great in the ministry. And I said, why is that? He said, because he's not afraid of money. People are afraid of money. See, when you're afraid to give it, you're afraid of it. You're afraid you're going to give it and you'll never see it again. You're afraid you'll give it and, and you know, it's bye-bye. They're afraid of it. And how much, how, what percentage of the body of Christ has never figured out? Money's, money's supposed to be your servant. Money's not supposed to be your master. Now, I'm not saying we can go to the, from kindergarten to the PhD level in three weeks. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we can grow. We can move up. We can prove ourselves. And there's no, it's not like public schools. There's no social advancement in the kingdom of God. If you don't pass first grade, you repeat. 
If you don't pass second grade, you, don't, you repeat. There's no social promotion in the kingdom of God. And that's why people stay where they are. Because they haven't proved out the word of God where they are. Now, we're talking about knowledge. There's a word in the New Testament, epigonosco, knowledge. It means to become thoroughly acquainted with, to know thoroughly, to know accurately, to know well, to know, to recognize, to perceive, to find out, to ascertain, and here's the big one, to understand. The first three chapters in Ephesians pull back the curtain so that we may look at the very purpose of the heart of Father God so that we can see who we are, so we can see what he did for us, so we can walk in it. The whole point of the whole thing is to walk in it. The knowledge, this knowledge is a knowledge of his will. He never willed that we should be toys in the hands of the enemy. He planned that when the church came into being, it would be composed of his sons and his daughters and that they would be demon masters and world rulers. But look what's happened. You know, we started out uh, post-COVID, 19%. I think it was 19%. I think I've got it confused. I think it was 17% under our 2019 numbers, and I hated it. And we've clawed our, our way back now. We're running 11% under our 2019 numbers. I can't stand it. So, you know, we're just going to keep moving and moving and moving. We, I just can't stand it. Can't have it. Can't tolerate it. Can't abide it. Now, the money, forget about the money. Oh, man, the money. Oh, my gosh. But I'm talking about the numbers. But we're skating. We hear about churches down two-thirds. We hear about churches down half. And Hagen still stood right there on that uh, Sunday night in September and looked at this room and said, oh, my God, look at all the people. And there was a time that church was way bigger than this one. One of the biggest churches in the Metroplex, supposed to be full gospel church. We, we, we typically, not tonight, but typically on Wednesday night now, we have more people on a Wednesday night than they have on Sunday morning. I'm saying that this fear fest, this panic fest engineered just today in the news, they have discovered a DNA sequence in the Moderna patent for their vaccine that was in, came out of that cave in Wuhan in 2019. Now, how the H-E-L-L does that happen? It was planned. The whole thing was planned. It was organized. It was executed. But what do you think the odds are in your lifetime anybody's going to go to jail for this? So you can kill millions and millions and millions of people and skate, but just go down here to just go down here to Tom Thumb and try and cop a loaf of bread and see what happens. <laughs> but you can kill millions of people and get away with it. Yeah. It's all about money. It's all about connections. See, what I'm saying is, and, and this is the beginning, man. This is the beginning. This is the foothills of, of the, the end times. The, the, the tribulation is on the way. And people, I think, misunderstand that when the, man, you got to get into the book of Acts and you got to think while you read it. The, 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 the tribulation goes on three and a half years before the Antichrist is ever revealed. 
And the first three and a half years of the tribulation are not called the great tribulation. They're called the tribulation. It's the last three and a half years that's called the great tribulation. And look what has happened just in two years. So I'm telling you, it can go fast. It will go fast. And, and right now we have millions and millions and millions and millions of Christians on the planet and they're praying, you take them up out of here, what's going to happen in the net, those three and a half years? So the point is, see, I think, I think in my lifetime, I think the body of Christ thought Jesus is coming and he's going to take us out of all of this and we don't have to worry about it. Well, that's not the way it played out, is it? We're right here in the foothills of the tribulation. And it isn't it interesting. He didn't come get you because you got inconvenienced. You know why? He expects you to rule. He expects you to be an overcomer. Amen. He expects you to learn how, know how to pray. Amen. He expects you to know how to pray. And, and uh, you know, the world may do this or the world may do that. But, you, you know, to be shrewd, to understand how to, how, to, how to survive, how to make it. And I'd like to believe, I'd like to believe, sure, I'd like to believe that I'm not going to be inconvenienced one more time in my entire life. But on the other hand, I, I got I to prepare, man. I got to be ready. I got I to grow. I got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because I might get inconvenienced again. How'd you like to be a Canadian that gave $10 to that uh, trucker freedom convoy and, and they come and take everything you've got? And they got the idea on using facial recognition to identify the protesters from our country on the January 6th protest. The, the, unfortunately, these countries are learning totalitarianism from each other. So now, you know, everybody's going to be watching this. Oh, cool. We can freeze people's bank accounts. See, see we, the, this is a spoiler alert. We, we, we saw this movie. We, we've been to the theater. We've seen this. This is the book of Daniel. This is the book of Ezekiel. This is the book of Revelation. We know what's coming. And yet how many Christians are asleep? Like Keith Green used to sing. They're asleep. They're asleep in the light. In my entire lifetime, there's never been a, a time to turn off the doggone TV and read the Bible more than right here, right now. Amen. And I'm not saying, you know, the TV we should ever be on. I'm just saying we got we to gotta do what we're doing, understanding that we can't overdo entertainment at the sacrifice of mastering the Pauline revelation and knowing what belongs to us. The world, if we, had, if we had operated as we should have been operating, the world would have swarmed the churches to be healed. But you know, in, in all these two years, I haven't read about anybody going to a church to get healed. In all these two years, I haven't heard about anybody even giving God credit, glory and honor for creating our immune systems to repel this.
It's not like we're living among the blind as much as it's like we're living among the ignorant. And the problem is, okay, I can understand people being ignorant of uh, viruses, ignorant of this, ignorant of that, but, but we're Christian people. We shouldn't be ignorant of the Bible. I said on social media a, few, a couple of weeks back, I said, imagine the arrogance of uh, human beings to think that they could control a respiratory virus that has an animal reserve. And an MD friend from Atlanta posted back and he said, he said, the sad part about what you just wrote is most MDs I know don't even understand what you're talking about and you're not even an MD. See, the reason you've never been, see, I'm not an MD, but I know this. The reason you can't control a respiratory virus, the reason is uh, uh, no one has ever been able to control a respiratory virus. They all have animal reservoir. What does that mean? They're in the deer. They're in the, it's in the deer. It's in the cows. It's, it's in the animals. It's probably in your dog at the house right now. In other words, he's either had it or been exposed to it. So you think you're going to control it when it's in the critters? What are you going to do? Make them socially distance and wear masks? It was, it was, it, was it arrogance or was it stupidity or was it just evil? Okay, but that's just an example I'm throwing out there because I got curious and I read. Why can't we get curious and read the Bible? Why can't we get curious and, and read Paul and find out what belongs to us? And if we'll do that, we'll find out that God never intended that we be the toys of the devil. He planned that when the church came into being, it would be composed of his sons and his daughters and that we would be demon masters and world rulers, even able to command the laws of nature. We were to dominate the laws of nature as Jesus did in his earth walk. We were to control the winds and the waves. We were to be masters of this creation. We were intended to have restored unto us in the name of Jesus all of the lost authority from the Garden of Eden. I know it's hard to believe. I know it is. But I've proven it out in my own life. I've I'm not going to give you examples. You'd think I'm crazy. But I mean, I have proven it out in my own life. We have authority that we don't even know about. The church doesn't know anything about it. We've been taught that we are poor, weak worms of the dust, that we must be ruled by Satan, that we must live lives of poverty and want, and that we are too unworthy to have our prayers answered. But what we ought to be doing is crying out for that perfect knowledge. Let us have that. Let us have that which belongs to us. And when we come into this Pauline revelation of who we are in Christ, there will never be a struggle for faith again. Your prayer life will be like Jesus. The sense of unworthiness that comes from sin consciousness will be destroyed in that full knowledge, that exact and perfect knowledge of our redemption and righteousness in Christ. Let's wrap up with Colossians 1.10. Paul says, we need this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. You know, if, 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 if my daughter was living in some other state tonight on welfare and Section 8 housing, uh, at the, you know, standing in the cheese line with the government, you know, handout, would I be happy about that? Is our Father God happy that his children are being kicked around by the devil? Do you think it makes God happy when his sons and daughters die horrible deaths? Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might that you may have great endurance. 
And I would like to, I'd like to stand here and say, man, the Lord's not going to allow us to be inconvenienced again. He's going to come take us out of this. I can't say that. We, we, we may be inconvenienced again. We may have to have more endurance. This church, this congregation showed great endurance the last two years. We might have to show a little more. I don't know how many people we, we had lost their jobs on mandates. But they stood strong. They stood tall. They, they believed God. They went out and got a better job. But I'm saying we might have to show more endurance. Because none of us is privy to the calendar of God. He could come before I get done speaking. Or he may not come for a while. We have no idea. Nobody knows his calendar. So we have, we got, man, we got to buck up, man. We got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because we, we don't know what's ahead. Amen. You know, I'm constantly telling Sue, man, we just totally skated. We skated for most of our lives. We just skated. You know, I spent most of my life, it didn't matter when you bought a car. You know, if you buy one this year, next year, you say, well, I'll buy one in two years because, you, you know, they're, they're all basically the same. Now they're not. Which one has start stop? Which one can be overridden? Which one can't be overridden? You know, we're we're we we we're moving around now in Miami with Uber Black. Austin put us on to Uber Black, and so we're moving around Miami in Uber Black. And I, I it took me a while to figure out what in the world is going on with these guys. Why do they drive so terrible? Well, they're all driving their 2021 Escalades. They're all driving their 21. Suburbans with their left foot on the gas, the, their left foot on the brake, and their right foot on the gas to keep it from turning off at stoplights. And I leaned over to it when I figured it out, figured out what was going on. I told Sue, I said, "How is that helping the environment?" We skated for most of our lives. You went to the hospital, and you know comes out of the, the womb, and you know, it's a boy, it's a girl. Now everybody, you know, you got to wait, whatever, 10 years to find out. <laughs> we skated. Are you hearing me? We skated for most of our lives. It was normal. We skated, but there's no skating now. We need to know who we are. We need to know where we are. We need to know what belongs to us. We need to know what we can do in Christ. We need to know what our authority is and what our authority isn't. We need to, we need to know what, we need to know how to exercise our faith. There's no more skating. There's no more normal. Look, if you can't go back to boys and girls, there is no return to normal. I read about that guy, man, he was the losingest dude, uh, you know, in men's swim, swim uh, competition, you know, he couldn't win nothing, you know, I could have probably beat him in the pool, uh, but you know, he becomes a woman and then he's trampling all these women and, and wrecking the, the, the records and do it. It's never going back to normal. It's not going to go back to normal. So you have to learn how to be strong. You've got to study. You've got to apply your heart to wisdom. You've got to fill your heart with the knowledge and the wisdom and the, of God and know who you are and not let the devil push you around. I admit, I'll be open and honest, you know, 
There have been times I thought, <laughs> you know, W.A., Criswell, the guys like that, they skated. They went out before all this madness set in. But then the Lord dealt with my heart, and then I saw it, that I was chosen, and I was called for such and actually, I was sitting at my desk at the house, and he spoke to me out of the book of Esther. And he said, for such a time as this, you have no idea. Back when we moved from the hotel to I-30, the, the trouble, the opposition, all of that. See, the thing is, you don't have trouble relating to me, but a lot of people have trouble relating to me because I'm first-generation Christian. I have bark on me. Amen. Amen. Austin, he's so nice. He's so gentle. He's so kind but I got bark on me because I'm first generation. And so, you know, people would fuss and act like, you know, I wasn't genteel enough to, to, to shepherd them or whatever. And I used to grieve over it and think, oh my gosh, I think the Lord made a mistake. But over time I saw it, I saw it, I saw it, that he needed, he needed a guy with bark for the end times, man. He needed a guy, he needed a guy that was, had a backbone for the end times. He needed a guy who was not going to bend like a willow yes. Come on. in the end times. He spoke to me and he said, for such a time as this. But let me tell you what, it wasn't just me, it was you. Amen. I mean, think about it. You're not just here. You're here, you're here on a, on a sleep-threatening Wednesday night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I'm not trying to frighten you, but I want you to understand that we're not ever going back to 2019. They won't allow it. And there are powers of evil at work. And the only reason they didn't do to us what they did in New Zealand and Australia and Canada is because of a few incidental things known as Smith, Wesson, Colt, Beretta. You understand? And the only reason that guy, that, that metrosexual beta male up there up north didn't get uh, shut down his emergency powers is because either A or B, it was moving through the courts. He knew he was going to be defeated or uh, he knew that parliament up there in Canada wouldn't go along with him. But don't, don't give these people an ounce of credit. They're evil. They're wicked. So you find out who you are. Don't let the devil run you. And yes, can I get an amen this evening? Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, 
We walk by faith, not by sight.